it's been a long time I shouldn't have left you Without a strong rhyme to step to Think of how many weeks shows you slept through Time's up, I'm sorry I kept you Thinking of this, you keep repeating your mess The rhyme from the microphone solo with So you sit by the radio Hello and welcome to the Flock Pod We are at hashtag 099 Here in the beautiful condo the Avateria producers are actually awake and they are bone chewing right now. We've got them these new bone and they are just going to town. So of no help to the podcast whatsoever, as usual, completely useless, even though they're producers, lazy. But anyway, uh, we, of course, can find us at the Flock Pod on all of your major podcast streaming platforms. And if you would be so kind, please go give us the subscribe, give us the rating. That five star rating would be a beautiful thing. If you can tell a friend about us, share us on your on whatever social media you've got going on, that would be great. We are definitely trying to get out there and beat those algorithms and grow the little duck podcast that could. You can find us on all of those major social media programs at the Flock Pod. You can find me at coach justin d on those same social media platforms shane tell them where you are you can find me at bartender shane six on twitter and at walk a flock of shane six on instagram with episode 100 coming up what do you think the odds are that you say hashtag zero 100 <laughs> uh, like zero percent i'll say definitely hashtag zero 100 which is weird. but it's cool because i started doing the zero in front of it because i we always had 100 episodes as uh -huh. the goal right and we talked about that when we first got started like no matter what like let's get to 100 let's see what we can do with this thing and here we are man three years later about to about to break that mark uh, i was gonna save the joke we interview for our hundredth episode to post it, but I threw that out there a little preemptively. I have a, I have a possible plan. It's a very, you know, me, I have big plans, big ideas, uh, starting to listen to some of our old episodes, maybe trying to throw up like a highlight episode or something together for 100. But that's cool. a big project, man. That's like, a I don't lot know. Of editing. It's a lot of work. It's a lot yeah. of work. And, uh, like the Avatarier producers, I am a little lazy. A little lazy so it would be fun though so we'll see if i throw that together well, at some point just to let all the listeners know you do a hundred percent of the grunt work all of the, the post recording editing mastering completion work so i just as we approach 100th episode i want to say thank you for all the hard work you do and getting those episodes out in a nice timely fashion my guy my guy appreciate that it's and it's gotten better right like we've 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 messed around we've gotten on all kinds of platforms we've we were just talking about that before we started recording you know we've, we've gone through different iterations you know of podcast platforms even and stuff like that so the little duck podcast that could with the semi-professional amateur podcasters it's come a long <laughs> way it's come a long yeah. way with probably a lot more changes on the horizon Who absolutely knows? but uh, i I, at 100 episodes, though, I do feel really good about the the, the process that we've had and the, the the product that we're putting out at this point. It's actually better than I would have anticipated. And I had I had high expectations for us. Absolutely, man. We've been listened to in like nine or 10 different countries. We our listenership for the last three weeks. Our downloads has broken records three consecutive weeks now. So um, definitely a coaching search. Apparently you guys are really <laughs> interested, really passionate. Uh, but like we said on our Twitter, you know, we can't be doing this without you guys, you listeners out there. So thank you to all of you for giving us this crazy platform. Us semi-professional amateur podcasters love to have and Love to get on here and just talk duck sports and duck culture and share what's going on. And Shane, what's going on right now is we're getting this coaching staff on the football side filled out. So Kenny Dillingham on his way over from Florida State to be the offensive coordinator. Uh, Baylor's Matt Powledge headed over to be the new co-defensive coordinator. Have no idea what that means, how they're going to do a co-defensive coordinator. Doesn't make a ton of sense. Uh, he also signed or re-signed, I guess it was Don, oh, what's his name? The uh, gosh darn it um is it don johnson coach jo coach johnson mm -hmm. yeah uh is player player development player development uh, recruiting and recruiting secondary or something like yeah, that uh, something along defensive those lines. Coach, something like that yeah so some big uh, hires i mean we're starting to see this coaching staff get filled out and we haven't even talked since you know dan lanning actually officially got the job coming over from florida younger than me i feel Georgia. very old did i what did i say florida 
Oh, damn it. Yeah, from Georgia. Excuse me, the defensive coordinator there at Georgia. Florida has been on my mind with all of our coaches leaving to go there and all of that. But um, definitely happy to have him. I think uh, everything I've read, everything I've seen, I, I liked the press conference. Did you get a chance to watch his uh, mm-hmm. his presser? Uh, what are your uh, initial impressions after watching that? Uh, I, I like where his head's at. I mean, it's those press conferences are hard. I mean, between like watching Cristobal's like press conference, getting in Miami and landings here, it's just a lot of like both guys trying to say all the right things. So I, I try not to read a ton into it. I take a lot of those things with a grain of salt. The one piece of media that I saw that got me most excited about Mr. Landing was, did you see the video of him with the, like the tackling pad? as yes. they were going into the film room <laughs> thing and he's like knocking guys. Oh, that's yes, where I, I did was see like, that. Okay, this guy's a go hard and I like it. I like, I like the, the, the youthful, the youth movement. I mean, I, this just dawned on me between the three coaches, uh, landing and his two coordinators. They're all three younger than you. Yeah. All three of them. Yeah. I'm an old man compared to these guys coming in, (laughs) which makes me ask, what am I doing with my life? Why aren't I more successful? (laughs) But also just, it shows how hungry these guys are, you know, and he talked, he said a lot of the right things, a lot of coach speak. Um, I loved the, I mean, the thing we put out on Twitter there about, you know, we're going to make championship fathers. Um, That's, that's really a big, big thing to hear, but also the, (laughs) he said a lot of the right coach speak, you know, Oregon's, you know, one of my dream jobs. I'm happy to be here for a long time. You know, as long as Oregon will have me, um, I loved the the way he ended it. You know, we don't talk about it. We be about it. You know, I could see be about it becoming a shirt or a hashtag real quick. Um, I could see program becoming a hashtag and a shirt <laughs> real quick. That was great having that, you know, that Southern accent, that Southern love kind of come through. So, I mean, I'm excited. I think it's a good hire. I think Rob Mullins um, is taking this program in the right direction with this hire. He seems to be somebody that's very... Uh, aggressive. And you'll love to see that coming into a program that, you know, I wouldn't say scoffs at tradition per se, but the tradition is making a new tradition. Yeah. And it's, I mean, the one thing is like the, uh, I'll be here as long as the school will have me is like, didn't Cristobal say something like pretty much exactly along those lines. So it's, it's that that's one of those things where, you know, you want to take some of these things with the, with the grain of salt, like I said, but with kind of the theme that we've been talking about for the past few weeks, I don't think that these destination jobs or these long-term coaches are really going to be a thing in the forefront of college football from here on. I think, you know, the, the Sabins of the world are kind of a dying breed to say. And uh, so, I mean, what, what he's bringing here, we're getting a, a great defensive mind, a, a coach who has great relationships with his players and also a top tier recruiter. And, as we'll maybe get into later, I mean, some of the, the recruiting class for this upcoming year, a lot of these guys are kind of slipping and falling away as today is the first day of the early signing period. But we've while it is jarring, these things have happened with Taggart and with Cristobal, and then they have gone and brought in their guys. And we might even see a couple like flips from I mean cool to see a couple flips from georgia to come over here or maybe a couple guys from georgia decide to hit the transfer portal uh, i mean obviously their season is still very much still going so mm-hmm. no surprise to see none of these guys have, have split now graduate how do transfers you, and all that how do you feel about him going back and finishing the season do you like that move do you like him going back and coaching the the bowl games i personally i love it uh i do understand that it causes a little bit of problems with this recruiting cycle and i think that some people might even point to that as to why oregon is not having as good of a day today as they might have hoped and it's weird i mean with with the signing period i mean like we talked about in the last few episodes with the signing period being where it is it is kind of hard but i mean for what these guys sign on to to do these jobs why why wouldn't you want to finish out with that team like it, it just seems like the right thing to do. That's the other. I, I like that he's doing it because he's showing a level of commitment, seeing something through to the end. Um, he's showing that he, um, yeah, I, I think it's a good thing to show your new program that you're willing to go through and just get the experience 
of coaching in the CFP, you know, getting prepared to, to coach against Michigan, this, this high powered, you know, running attack that Michigan has and, and what that looks like. And, you know, picking Kirby smarts brain even more and learning more and more about how to run a program from the top down. I, so in that, in that sense, I really like it. I don't know anything about these coordinators. So I have, I can't really talk too much about, you know, if I like them or not coming in, I like that they are, it's a youth movement for sure. I like that they're well, um, well received in the coaching community. You know, it seems like no, no one's out there panning these hires or saying, you know, what terrible men they are. So I think, I feel like right there, it's a little bit of a win. <laughs> we dodged a lot of horrible human being bullets uh, yes. over the past couple of weeks. And I know that was upsetting for some of Oregon duck Twitter uh, to see some of the, the shit bags not come to town yes. for long term. <laughs> well, and so we've already kind of touched on it, but I want to get to a couple of these Twitter questions. Uh, this first one from center centaur duck. Uh, most of us know the name Lanning, but why is this guy a good hire? So we've kind of talked a little bit about that, but I think just his aggressiveness, you know, his, his commitment to the defensive side of the ball, his knowledge of the defensive side of the ball, the way that he's talking about, we're going to make aggressive mistakes. That's always something that I've really preached on this podcast is having your players, especially at this age, playing downhill and not thinking per se. Um, what are some other reasons you've got why this is a good hire for the Ducks? Well, the goal is to win the Pac-12. And USC went and got probably the best offensive minded coach in the country. So to go out and get one of the most up and coming defensive minded co coaches in the country, somebody who was poised to take over a head coaching job at some major university at some point in the next few years. So to go a little bit, I don't want to say early, but to get in there nice and early and be able to get get him to this program, I think is a great move uh, to just kind of zag where USC is zigged to say. I dig and, it. I, mean, no, I think that's a great answer. Defense is, I mean, something not that this university has not been known for over the past few decades. So it's also kind of a nice change of pace. We're going from an offensive line coach to a defensive coordinator head coach. So our next question is from this guy uh, at bartender Shane six. I don't know who this guy <laughs> is, but um, his question is who's currently the best coach in the Pac-12. So that's a great question because I think it's really up in the air. I think you have to say David Shaw. I would, I would go out and say Kyle Whittingham. Okay. All right. I think those coach. two are up there. I think they're the two that really belong in the conversation. We don't know enough about some of the other coaches. I think I, I mean, we might get, you know, people might stop listening right away, but I think we both like Justin Wilcox as a head coach. I'm not going to put him up there as the best coach in the PAC 12, but I think he's in the upper third. I'd say he's the most underrated. Yes, that's probably that's probably the best way to, to put it. So, yeah. Uh, any other uh, – who, who, what are your thoughts there on the best coach in the Pac-12? I mean, it's tough to say. There's been a lot of coaching turnover here, and uh, it's kind of different. Like, you know, Herm Edwards is probably running the best overall show as kind of like mm. a CEO of a school. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be – I mean, that's going to be a really interesting question come – around this time next year. I agree. I think that's, that's the time when that will be, because we'll know a lot more about that guy up north. We'll know a lot about the guy that we just brought in. So going a little bit off the rails here, um, let me see that with this guy at DT Finnegan, mascot challenge. Out of all the mascots in the conference, who wins in a fight? So I'm going to say the actual mascot here and not like what the mascot represents. That's the way that I'm taking the question. How are you taking the question? Uh, I, I like that. I like the way that you put it. Because, I mean, a duck, I mean, the actual duck and animal, I mean, they're just going to fly away. I mean, let's be honest. Let's be real uh -huh. here. So, I mean, We're and we've answered species. this before. Yeah, we, I think the Ute, because the Ute is basically like a cowboy. I think they're up there, you know, if we're talking actual things. Now, if we're talking just mascots... I'm taking my man, the duck, because my man, the duck has got some hands. He's shown in the past his ability to take down some of these other mascots. He's also got that balance of like width, but he's not like wobbly. You know what I mean? He's not like right. off balance with his suit. So I feel pretty good about taking the duck in this in this challenge here. Uh, what's Arizona State's mascot's name? That Sun Devil guy. Yeah, yeah he's real he's, agile. And he's got a weapon. He does carry around a stick, like a, a trident uh, of sorts. <laughs> yeah, if, it, if, we're, if we're talking about like what the mascot represents, like Washington State Cougars, I mean, a cougar 
that that's tough the actual animal i mean golden uh, yeah. bears dude i don't the, i mean a bear yeah, is gonna bear, be terrifying yeah bears probably probably win any any battle a trojan there. i mean a guy on a horse i mean the, so i'd like the i mean so yeah we're going back and forth here so we just we need to pick a lane and stay in it so i stay we pit we stay with just the mascots themselves and so i like what you're saying because i mean what's his name uh forky or somebody something like that uh sparky Sparky, that's his name. That's it. Yeah, Sparky. Spar- yeah, having the weapon is a big advantage. That's yeah. a really, really big advantage. Yeah, and it's kind of a multi-tool weapon as yep. well. It could be used yep. for many uh, right. offense and defense with the, yeah. with the weapon. <laughs> this is true. He's like Aquaman down there, dude. <laughs> and if you really want to see, you know, the greatest breakdown of college football mascots, of course, Mike Leach had an iconic interview, uh, which he I know I kind of miss him being in the Pac-12, but then I don't because he really should be like in jail another coach that should just be in jail for the way that he's yeah, treated I, young men. He's in, he's one that I like completely forgot about like the locking the kid in the closet and stuff like <laughs> yeah. that. And like it, it's there's <laughs> college football coaches have done so much shitty shit that it's hard to keep up on. Like, cause True. I was like, Mike Leach hasn't done anything. And then I, I got reminded of several things he's done. I was like, <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, you're right. I forgot all about that. Oh man. Okay. So this is off topic, but I want to get it out there. Did you, you're not a soccer fan at all, but did you watch the MLS cup on Saturday? I was fortunate to watch a good amount of it at work. There was a nice lull period right at the end of regulation there. I was actually having a conversation with somebody when they scored the goal to tie it and force the, uh, do they call it overtime? Extra time? Extra time. Yeah. That four minutes of extra time. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it, it, I actually like was having a conversation. Was like, oh shit! It's like, did that really just happen? So I got to, <laughs> I got to watch all that. I got to watch the shootout, and then uh, right after the game ended, we got a flood of to-go orders and people coming in for shots and beers and whatnot. So a bunch of sad, sad Timbers fans coming into stress seat and and bury their feelings. Yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll, I'm going to put that up there. It was a top 10 sports moment for me ever, like watching that game. I mean, obviously, the, they still lost, but I was, I mean, I don't know if you saw the video that I posted that that I got filmed with my reaction of watching it. It's like 94th minute. I'm sitting here watching, and I just start running around the condo. I don't even know where I'm going. I'm screaming. I'm yelling. I throw my scarf up in the air. Like, it was, uh, it was a pretty fun, pretty crazy moment to be a fan. It was a crazy game. It went from, yes. like kind of ultra boring for like in my opinion i know soccer <laughs> boring soccer. what shane <laughs> pretty boring for about 40 minutes of like not a lot of action not a lot of shots on goal to just uh, about as action-packed as soccer can be there for the end mm-hmm. of that game straight to that i mean that goalkeeper for new york in the penalty kick oh, was stud. outstanding and then the kid who got the game winner uh, wasn't he like 18 young kid? Yeah. Really, really young. I think he's 19, but still, yeah, really, really young kid there for, and I mean, NYCFC is a program on the rise or no, it's NYC city, excuse me, New York city, city. So, um, yeah, really cool. Whatever. I just stumbled all over that. That was really, really well, bad. MLS fans are like, what are you, you guys shouldn't even be talking about this. Oh, there's no soccer MLS purists listening to this. Sorry, Patrick, if you're listening. No, I was going to say, we got one. I know. One. <laughs> and he t- he, I mean, speaking, of, he took some crazy pictures of his seats and where he was at. And I mean, so yeah, shout yeah. out. Uh, shout out. Yeah. Our, our logo maker, the the logo father, if you will. So appreciate that. So um, yeah, that's all I got for like sports of the weekend news. Do you want to get into some, uh, some duck generate corner? Yeah. Let's talk about. Let's do gambling. it, man. It's all yours. All right. So as we come in to our final week of Duck Generate Corner here, I was kind of trying to workshop a way to do it for basketball season, but it just seems a little overly complicated. A little overwhelming. So last week during championship week, Justin went three and nine. Woo! I went five and seven. Ooh. We <laughs> we came into last week tied up. So this week or so going into this week, I'm currently sitting at 41 and 55. You are sitting at 39 and 57. I was thinking we might do it a little bit differently this week to give you a little bit of an advantage. I can say my picks first if you need to zag, because if I just go chalk with you. I can win. You just copy me. Yeah, that'd be, yeah. I mean, you're not going to, what's that? Um, Wheel of fortune me. 
Exactly. Basically, I mean, yeah. I'm not, I, I, I always go with like, I, I can, you know, give you the evidence of my picks, but yeah, why don't you go first this week? And then, uh, so yeah, you go first for the picks and then we'll go from there. I like it. Yeah. Just to, just to make it a little more, uh, I could just exciting. go opposite of you on every pick. That, That'd be fun. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that would make it very exciting. So are we doing, uh, pack 12 teams in their prospective bowl games? Uh, these aren't in, uh chronological order because i wanted to lead with the oregon game and that's where we're going to kick things off our oregon ducks are getting four and a half points against oklahoma with an under over of 61 points we got we got our answer to the question that we were talking about uh with your your cousin i believe right yes a few weeks yeah ago. absolutely he's trying to get me to go to vegas for this game and i'm like eh, this is a glorified scrimmage I mean, we don't even know like who the coaches are. And I know a lot of the guys are opting. I mean, not a lot, but a few of the guys have opted out. So I'm excited to watch it, but it's not a game that I want to necessarily invest in per se. Yeah. I, and any player who doesn't want to play in this game, I completely understand. Uh, if you have any sort of professional aspirations, yeah, go get the bag. Yeah. This is kind of a waste of your time. You're so not getting a PS5 I, uh, this year. <laughs> <laughs> so I went ahead. I took Oregon plus the four and a half points. I think this game can come down to the wire uh, with just the fact that, you know, neither team actually having like a, a bona fide head coach. It's been there all year. I mean, it'd be really cool to see Coach BMAC get the opportunity with this Oregon team. And it sounds like uh, DeRuder and um, Moorhead might actually stick around to co- to coordinate this one. I don't. I, that's what I mean. I have no idea. I know DeRuiter is sticking around. I don't know if Moorhead is for sure. I, um, I, I know believe Moorhead is. Moorhead is too. Okay, so I mean that'd be great if they're both sticking around just to help out. But again, I, I'm I'm nervous about this one. What did you take for the over under? Uh, I went under because I've done it on every Oregon game <laughs> <Yeah>. this season. One sixty one. I mean that's a big big number. That's what I'm saying. That's a really big number. So I'm actually, as much as I want to zag. I'm going to take, I'm going to copy you. I'm going to say, I think, I think the ducks on that four and a half is, is just enough. And I think that number is just a little bit too big with the, we don't even know who the quarterback is going to be. You know, we don't Mm -hmm. even know, you know, what this offensive line is going to look like. So I think taking the under is the smart choice in this situation. Well, it's going to be interesting too, with the wide receiver coach being the head coach for this game. And knowing the wide receivers didn't have some of the greatest things to say about the guy who was playing quarterback this season. Micah Pittman. <laughs> yeah, we, will, we might get to that later. So okay. let's put a pin in that. Tease. Um, <clears throat> next up, we have the Oregon State Beavers laying seven points. It's seven-point favorites versus Utah State. Uh, I believe that game's coming up soon. And the underover for that one is going to be a huge 67 and a half. Uh, oh yeah, I'm going first. That's right. Uh, I'm going with the Beavers in this one. I think they can. I think they can surprise the world and go ahead and blow out this Utah State team. And I'm going to go ahead and go with the under as well. You, Oregon State likes to run the ball. They're going to eat up some clock. I'm, honestly, I don't know anything about Utah State. Here's one of my zags. I'm taking. I think it's the Utah State Aggies. I I that's what right. their mascot is. Give me the Aggies here, baby. Give me the Aggies. Um, I do like the under though because I agree that the game is probably going to be run heavy, and that's a lot of points for a game where each team um, likes to run the ball. But I know Utah State can also score a lot of points, so I will take the under. But I think that Utah State comes out victorious over the Beavers from the North. Utah is actually kind of turning into like one of the premier football states how in the dare country. you how dare you sir i mean between utah utah state and byu that's those are three good programs in one state anywho moving on next up we have the nc state wolfpack i always thought just wolfpack is such a cool name it's a great so, name yeah they are minus one versus the chip kelly led the chip kelly almost head coach at U- university of oregon led ucla <laughs> bruins under over is at 60 points uh, this one, I, again, don't really know much about NC state. So I went with the Homer pick and took UCLA. Uh, I think they might rally around the fact that they got their coach back. You know, he got maybe offered the job, you know, he, they might have some extra swagger and also DTR, uh, his last game in UCLA uniform. And I went with the under on this one because 60 is a lot. 
I'm going to double zag. Give me the wolf pack and give me the over. Uh, I think it's going to be the opposite. I think he may have lost a little bit of that locker room. I think he's got a lot of guys that are out there playing for that, that next check, that next opportunity, as opposed to, you know, winning a bowl game. So I like the wolf pack in this one. And I like, you know, we didn't talk about it at all, but that letter was such an interesting thing put out by, you know, the other, the 14 alums or whatever that signed their name to it, led by Joey Harrington. Go check out the, the episode that we put out right before this one, our Joey Harrington episode to get just kind of his thoughts on the program before this was like, what, three weeks ago, a month ago, we put that, we had that interview. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then commend, I really commend him for just being so opaque about the whole situation, jumping into the Twitter space. The whole Twitter space thing was insane too. And then uh, just answering everybody's questions on Twitter. So just a little segue to say, shout out Joey Harrington, continue to be a stand up guy and a representative, a man of Oregon for this university. I was super jarred by the letter when I saw it, but it was more like the timing of when the letter was released was the jarring part. Once yeah, I found out Keely when... Smith out there leaking it like he's throwing on third and 18. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> but when I found out when the letter was from, it was like, oh, OK, and that all checks out. But it makes uh... complete sense. Yeah. And I like that they were very clear that it wasn't a call for Justin Wilcox, per se, to get the job. But just like they wanted to see people get that opportunity to be involved in that process. So mm-hmm. sorry. Go ahead and let's let's move on to the Arizona State. Oh, right, yeah. Uh, Arizona State Sun Devils are <sighs> getting seven points as they f- face off against the Wisconsin Badgers. Uh, under over for that one is going to be 42. This is the first time I went on back 12 and I took Wisconsin in this one. Uh, they're kind of a boring team. I got very to watch a decent amount of them this year. They are very uh, defensive focused. And uh, they're kind of like a Big Ten's Colorado, like a really good version of Colorado. And for that, I'm going to take them. All those bad <laughs> things I say about them, I think they're going to kind of drown out this Arizona State offense. And with that, I'm going to take the under, even though it's a super low number of 42. 42 is really low. So this is another one where I'm going to double zag because I'm going to take Sparky. Give me those seven points. Uh, the Badgers, we never escape the Badgers on this podcast. The Badgers in Tennessee will continue to come up forever, um, at least in every couple episodes, it seems. And uh, give me that over. I like the over. It's a really, really low number. So, yeah, give me Sparky and give me the over. Yeah, that game is going to be a probably pretty boring game. Next up, <laughs> we have this is probably the second most interesting one. Washington State Cougars getting two and a half points against Miami, 60 points being the under over. It's a big number. Give me the Cougars. Give me the over. I like Ooh. oh, there's gonna be a bunch of points. I'm gonna I'm gonna say over 70 in this one. Wow. That's a that's a lot of points. I like the Cougars also, so give me the Cougars there. But I do like that under a little bit. I think uh, Delora might score a bunch of points. I don't know how many points the Canes are going to be able to put up. So give me the they under there, a, but give me I mean, the Cougars. Yeah, the Canes had a pretty prolific offense there in the beginning of the year, but it kind of, well. Sputtered out. Sputtered out to the point where Manny Diaz is now a defense coordinator somewhere. Penn All State? Right, uh, oh, yeah, Penn State. That's right. Last up, we have the Utah Utes in the rose bowl getting six and a half points versus ohio state under over 66 points i am actually going to react don't aisha quit listening turn it off now <laughs> but i'm going to reactivate my illegal gambling account throw some money in there <laughs> to put it on the utah utes not only to win this one uh i'm going to put it on the money line and the points and i'm also going to go with the under in this one wow okay uh, I, I mean, I think Utah is good. I think that Ohio State offense, though, is just clicking on a whole nother level. I think there's going to be a lot of points scored in this one, so I do like that over. But I, I'm going I'm to take the Buckeyes here. I'm going to take the Buckeyes, the Ohio State Buckeyes, the Ohio State Buckeyes, to, to take this one. And I, I mean, I respect – I think Utah is playing at a really elite level. I would love to take them. I just – I, I – I think Stroud, did you see Stroud's face at the Heisman presentation? Mm-hmm. When like especially when Hutchinson like started kind of making fun of him. Like he looks like a man legitimately on a mission to go out there and just drop bombs on everybody. So I'm I'm gonna take that Ohio State. I think they're they're very angry about what happened in the game. So yeah, give me the buckeyes. Yeah, I think that these are probably two of the 
five hottest teams in the country right now. Agreed. And uh, but I do think that Utah is the most physical team in the country. I think they play with the most heart, the most passion. And like you mentioned uh, before, this is a team of three stars. It's always trying to prove they're better than five stars. Go chip. And yep. this game is the the mecca of that. So mm-hmm. should be. I mean, that's what I'm looking forward to watching out of these six games the most. Well, and I think Whittingham is the better coach in that game. I think he is a better coach than Ryan Day. However, I just think that the talent level and I just think Stroud just wills them to a victory there. Yeah, that'll be it's definitely going to be kind of Ohio State's a little bit more of a finesse team than they have been in years past. So mm-hmm. we'll see what happens. It'll be a good one to watch for sure. Reliant. Cool. Well, that's all of them. So, yeah, we got definitely some uh, some interesting uh, dichotomy here in the pick. So it'll be uh we're definitely going to have a winner after this week. <laughs> yes, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. The, the gap will spread one way or another. So, yeah, let's go ahead and jump on into Quack or Not to Quack, America's favorite segment that nobody knows about that everybody loves. Shane gives me news stories, and I say quack if we want to talk about it, or we talk about it a little bit, and then we say not to quack. So, Shane, why don't you get us started with news article number one? All right. There's actually two that I thought of while we were talking earlier. So uh, let's start with these two. Okay. Uh, the, most re- the most relevant uh, for the day is Jackson State flips the number one overall recruit from Florida State. So Dion. quack, quack. Did you watch the video? No. So everybody, a bunch of people are up mad at the kid because he was like taking hats and like putting them on and being like, no, nah, I don't want this one. And like throwing them down on the ground. He had like three hats in front of him. He did it to the FSU one, did it to the Georgia hat. And then somebody in the crowd like threw him a Jackson State or Jacksonville State one and he like put it on. So like it was definitely a very dramatic uh, commitment ceremony, if you will, but good for primetime. You know, I guess there's like a million dollar NIL deal that's also coming with it. So the kid's getting paid as he's there. So good for him to get the bag. I don't like that it's coming from Barstool. And apparently Dion is a big like Barstool uh, money recipient also. So that kind of bummed me out a little bit, but I don't know what Florida State's doing and why they haven't tried to hire him. It's interesting. I do. I, it, this is like the, what prime is doing down there at Jackson state kind of reminds me of like the, the looming Drake going away from like record contract thing. Like he might become like the biggest independent artist ever if he doesn't sign a record deal here when he's done with his contract with cash money. But it is, it's opened the floodgates now where like multiple high end athletes are choosing to go to HBCUs. And it's really taking a lot of the wind out of the sails of these like major powerhouse programs. And I fucking love it just for <laughs> that reason and that reason only. Because like it's what, what I was talking about with like people with like college basketball is like college basketball is so much more parody because not only I mean, can one player make so much more of a difference, but the talent is actually kind of spread out a little it's more dispersed more. now. I mean, yeah. Kentucky, Duke, whatever, all the blue bloods, but I mean, you're looking at some of these schools like a like a Texas Southern, you know, is like a legit basketball team and they can go toe to toe with like pretty much anybody. And it's cooler that college football could kind of get some of that, even though like with the conference realignments, it is all kind of trying to like stick all the talent together. So it's uh, I, I like that it's going away from how ESPN wants college football to look. any of this is good right anytime Mm -hmm. you know a tide gets risen everybody else's boats rises with it so i think overall it's a good thing all right moving on uh washington gets their quarterback from the transfer portal i'm not impressed kid through like 10 touchdowns i mean he seems like he's a he's a good athlete seems like he's got a good arm can it compete for the position with horde you know horde how do you say that heward Horde? Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. That, that weird team up there that wears purple. So uh, not to quack. All righty. Um, I did like watching that Indiana team the last couple of years. Uh, Seven McGee hits tra- transfer portal, then rejoins team. You you put it perfectly on the Twitter account with uh, the training day. Like, oh, don't play with us. Seven. <laughs> like, man, oh, man. I mean, I like that he was willing to change his mind. I think that shows, you know, that he's a mature young man and he's willing to to make the right choice for him no matter what, you know, no matter what people think about it or anything of that nature. Uh, I'm kind of surprised that he made any kind of a decision without coaching, without talking to the coaching staff beforehand. 
However, glad he's going to be back. I think he's a, he's a, he's an incredible uh, young man to have representing the university. And he's going to be an incredible weapon on the field come Saturdays, because I think that they're going to use him a lot more this next year. Yeah. And I thought it was perfect when that news first broke that he was hitting the transfer portal and you were like, damn, dude, that hurt more than, than Cristobal. It did. Like, oh, especially man. cause like seven had been, you know, committed to the school for it seems like forever it seems now. like he's been here forever that's the thing it's like he's a part of the family like oh uh-huh. yeah and i mean the fact that like <clears throat> there was a chance that we were gonna get to never see him play wearing the number seven also really hurt my soul but yeah i mean i i understand that you know he probably had a lot of emotional commitment to cristobal when he left i'm sure that was a big reason why he wanted to go and restart his like recruitment and get back out there but I, i'm also really glad that any very brief amount of time landing was able to come in and kind of douse that fire. I want to do it right now. Cause we didn't get a chance to do it before. And he almost left. I nominate seven McGee for the flock pot hall of fame. Ooh, I, I think he's, I think he's going to get in. Right. I, 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 I think I he's vote in. Yes. All right. He's in. Yeah. So officially. Although we haven't really seen that much from him. I know. I don't really. care. It's a preemptive. Yeah. It's a preemptive. Yeah. And again, we're, we're about the duck culture here and he has been an incredible representative of this university. Um, he's been very opaque again, opaque's like my word of the day, apparently, but on Twitter, he's, you know, willing to engage with the fan base. You know, he's telling, you know, asking people to, to raise awareness for mental health, which again, as we're all about here on this podcast, take care of your chicken, take care of your mentals. So uh, I think having him in before he's even done anything on the field um, is the right move for us. So, all right, he is in to the Flockpot Hall of Fame. Yeah. All right. Moving on. Tim DeRuder and Marcel Yates have found a new home. Good for them. Happy to see them, you know, fine. I mean, Marcel Yates is what going to Texas tech. They're both going to Texas tech. Uh, they can, you know, watch Tyler shook, try to come back from his broken collarbone and see what he can do on the offensive side of the ball. And yeah, not to quack. I don't really have anything else to say about it. (laughs) Uh, Texas tech's like the Island of misfit children for the Oregon duck program. Um, Island of misfit ducks. (laughs) All right. Moving on. Uh, the Oregon football 2022 recruiting class takes a little bit of a slide. We knew that was going to happen. Uh, we, we like to leave the recruiting to the experts out there. Definitely stay in touch on ducks wire to, to get the latest news. There's another couple great follows on Twitter, you know, for all that recruiting knowledge, but you know, all's well when everything happens for no reason at all, Shane, we're going to lose some, we're going to gain some. And I think, uh, Lanning's just going to be able to put more of his imprint on the program. So in true fashion, I've given like a soliloquy on it and I'm going to say not to quack. Yeah. And I think there's enough talent on this team already for, you know, him to kind of make his mold and his impact on the team. Um, tonight at 6 PM, Oregon men's basketball looks to get right. Yeah, quack, because I mean, and this team needs a big win. I'm curious to see what Dana's been able to do with this these practice days, see what kind of changes he's been able to, to implement. He's been really honest and, and really open about how this team has a lot of things that needs to work on and a lot of things that needs to get better at. It's not going to be an overnight kind of fix. However, this is the Portland Pilots. You need to come out, and this is the kind of game you need to win. Like the women went out and won the other day, and, you know, Get some good vibes going. Get some good chemistry going. Get the ball moving around with some with some happiness and some fluidity to it. So I, I really hope they come out and handle their business tonight. And I hope that we see a little bit more of a tight rotation from Dana and the coaching staff tonight. It's been the one thing on this team that I've been fairly critical of. And I know they're still trying to figure out the identity of this team. But having 10 guys get, like, legit minutes, I don't think is helping anybody right now. And, like, some of the guys like Rivaldo Soares and um, – uh, was the other wing, um, Jacob Young, uh, you know, haven't really like they've, they've been so hot and cold in some of these games that it's been really hard to kind of tell where they fit. But I would like to see an eight man rotation in, in this game and moving forward and then adjust it from there. That's tough. I mean, I I'm kind of I'm kind of with Nathan Biddle's dad here where I'd like to see a lot more Biddle out there on the floor, but I know that that's, that's not necessarily what everybody else wants to see, but I think that he can be a legit difference maker just with his size. And I've been impressed with his IQ um, with the way that he moves the ball and just his spacing and things of that nature. So I'd like to see a little bit more of him out there on the floor, but I also, 
that's not the Dana way, you know, the, the short rotation early on in the season. So where I agree with you that it would be a nice thing to see just to get a big time win and be able to get the, get the good vibes going for the program. I just, I think Dana's willing to, to take some bad vibes to try to get some more information. He's kind it's of, an, he's kind of an evil genius in that way. And I mean, this Oregon team, it's, it's funny. The, like the public reception is that like, I mean, they dropped two games last week and people are like, oh, like they fucking suck. We're and out. Like, We're bailing. Yep. They lost both those games in heartbreaking fashion. I mean, did they play great? No. I mean, especially in that Arizona State game, Oregon had multiple chances to kind of oh. like take out and take control of that game. And then yep. it just kept letting Arizona State back in. And I mean, to their fashion, a couple of times, Arizona State looked like they were going to take out and get a big lead. And then Oregon fought back to make it mm-hmm. a tough game. And I mean, to lose both those games and basically closing seconds fashion is brutal but good time to learn these lessons well when i was at that arizona state game there was no energy in the arena whatsoever it was really dead even from the students to to us fans it was it's hard to play in those gyms sometimes especially when it's your home gym so some of those shots that you might be able to get off the adrenaline and off, you know, feeding off the energy, you're not going to get, and you could really see that. I mean, I like that Will was willing to take that shot. I think that's a shot he needs to take, you know, that missed three that really, you know, opened the door and let the, let the Sun Devils go down. But um, yeah, this team's got a long way to go. Long, long way to go. So moving on. Oregon women's basketball, getting back some reinforcements. Uh, quack because I think you're going to talk about uh, that girl that just got eligible. Now I can't think of her name. So Taylor turn Hosendove. it over to you. Hosendove, that's right. Yeah, I knew it was something cool. Uh, she was just granted her waiver to play and was able to play in that game against uh, is it McNessie? McNeese? McNeese State. McNeese yeah. State. And uh, came in, provided some immediate uh, intangible skills on the floor. I mean, not only did this Oregon team just need bodies out need there and there's a little body. bit of relief yeah. but also they're getting a player who seems like a kind of a do-it-all jack of all trades type player a jill of all trades type player um i was gonna say janet of all trades but jill is definitely <laughs> jill's definitely the way to go there uh also india rogers is set to return in the next couple of days and uh niara sabli also expected to be back cleared to play by the 18th um i believe big i mean that the pac-12 is again loaded i mean there's five top 10 teams right now in the conference and that's not including the ducks so this team needs to get right and get right in a hurry uh, to be able to prepare for conference play yeah although i mean it's been kind of a rough go of it but they did beat an undefeated long beach state and then Mm -hmm. turn around and mop the floor with a mcnee state team i mean nearly tripling their output 109 38 I mean, they've looked good the last few games. I will give them that for sure. Kelly seems to have righted the ship a little bit. So now just keep adding healthy bodies and let's get this thing really going. All right. uh, Moving on. The Dan Lanning contract has been announced. I saw this. It was like it's six years, 29.3 million, something like that. Close, 29.1. Oh, dang it. 29.1. I think it's a really fair contract. I'm sure there's some incentives laden in there to maybe get it up a little bit higher. I think it's uh, it's not the the eight or nine million dollar a year contract, which you know, give or take, however you feel about that personally. If you think a college football coach should be making that much money, but I think it's I think it's a good deal. I think it's a discount. I think we feel I feel like we got a really good coach for a really good price. Yeah, I think that was definitely part of the reason why they wanted to go and get this specific coach because he was probably going to be a little bit cheaper than a more established head coach that had mm-hmm. already had a head coaching job and uh yeah it's like you said there are some incentives it's a 4.6 million for the first year with a thousand dollars a year pay bump after that uh new year's six bowl game is 150,000. any other bowl game is a hundred grand college football championship appearance is 500,000 with a win being an additional 500,000. pac 12 championship is 150,000. pac 12 coach of the year 25 grand um 10 wins 200,000 and his buyout is currently set at 14 million on a decreasing scale so and that's, that's probably what, the most important yes part. that's the number that i like to see especially like 
I don't know. I've been playing a lot of FIFA 22, you know, and there's always like, you know, in the transfer market, you know, when you sign somebody, you can like set their, their, their buyout clause or whatever. I always disregard that. Like, no, you don't even get a buyout clause. Somebody has got to come just negotiate with me. So I'm glad that they put that number up really high where, you know, Mm -hmm. if somebody really does, if Ohio state fires Ryan day or something like that, and they want to come calling or, you know, Georgia fires Kirby smart and they come calling again. I don't think we have to worry about his alma mater coming to call because there's some like division three school that doesn't even have a football program. So that's a benefit for us. Right. But I do like to see that number that big. Yeah. I call that the, uh, the fuck around clause. (laughs) 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 Um, all right. Moving on. Uh, Mr. John Clownzano reported that Justin Wilcox turned down Oregon head coaching job. Oh, I mean, let's quack on it. I don't, I, Clownzano is clownzanoing to the clownzaniest. Like, I feel like the last week, you know, with, you know, being in collaboration with the whole, the release of this letter and the way it was done. And then you see these rumors getting released. You know, I, I've, I'm happy that we have Zach's perspective. You know, we understand why some of these coaches, you know, are, we understand that these coaches are kind of tight with the media. But when this kind of stuff happens, you understand why also they're really tight with the local media because these guys are just predators. Mm-hmm. He's like a vulture. He's a vulture clown. Yeah. And I mean, the the timing of what she said it to, like, you know, right when the landing stuff started heating up, it was like, no, 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 attention back on me and my exactly. story and all that. Yeah. I think, I guess that's, that's my issue because like Kinzano is probably one of, he is probably some of the best sources in Oregon as far as like sports reporting is concerned. And he's, he's broken some of the biggest stories around and across all of sports. But it's just so centered around him. And even like the title of some of his articles versus what the article actually states is clickbait to its core. Well, he and Fentress are one and the same. Mm-hmm. You know, definitely one of the same classic look at me, look at me type of reporters. They're not really worried about the story per se. They're worried about how the story is told and whose eyes it's told through and getting them as much publicity and, and, and you know. Uh, momentum as possible. So I just, I, I don't follow either of them on Twitter anymore. You know, I, I know I'm going to get the information from other people. Uh, I don't need to follow them to be able to get it. And it just, all these people that like hate retweet them. I'm like, don't you understand that those, that just plays into their algorithm anyway, they're making money off of you because they can take their statistics and be like, look at how many interactions I'm getting. Look mm-hmm. at how many retweets I'm getting. You need to pay me more money. And you're contributing to that. So just just stop following them, people. Just let go. Let go. Do you have them? I know you said you don't follow them. But do you have them muted or blocked? I don't have them muted or blocked. So I do still see them pop up on the timeline at times, uh, which is funny. But I haven't gone that far. Mm, gotcha, gotcha. All right, next up, uh, Micah Pittman releases video explaining why he left the team midseason. You know, speaking of look at me, look at me, look at me behavior, I haven't watched it. I'm not going to watch it. This, as a coach, I've made my feelings very clear on a kid who leaves a program middle of the season regardless of the reasons for why he did it. I just, this is more of that. You know, I understand now why he's got, you know, a Twitch channel. I understand why he's got all of these, like, look at me, other social media channels and stuff like that. And trying to create this brand for himself and yeah, your brother's in the NFL and yeah, you've got a, a, you know, a pro NFL caliber family. I get it, but man, let it go. Like you're in the transfer portal. You've moved on. Like we don't, we don't necessarily need you to be throwing rocks back at this program from your glass house that you're sitting in. So I watched it and <laughs> um, it's interesting because it's obviously edited. You can, because his body kind of like pops around, but then it's also not very concise at the same time. So it was really poorly executed. Um, overall, I think that his message was, you get lied to in the recruiting process and then you get lied to even more at the school. And one thing that I thought was really interesting point that he brought up was earlier in this season, this current season, he wanted to be redshirted. 
And he oh. said, I give me my red shirt. I don't necessarily think that this year's team is going to be the fit for me. I'd love to have an extra year of eligibility at this school. And I think he kind of saw some of the writing on the wall with Ty Thompson. He said, this is my guy. Give me an extra year with this guy. Cristobal and a couple other people uh, basically convinced him that that wasn't the right move, that they needed him for this year. And then he continued to get less and less time on the field and especially less and less time on the field when it came to plays where they knew it was going to be a passing play. And he cited one game where there was 52 offensive snaps, 16 of them were passes. He was on the field for six of those and all of them were checkdowns. All of them were checkdowns in one sack. See, this is why we're good podcast partners, because I'm being educated right now. And I, I am going to change my my tone a little bit if he got lied to that directly. And, you know, whenever anybody talks about playing time, I'm always just, well, work harder, you know, like be so good that they have no excuse other than to play you. But if he outright asked to be redshirted earlier in the year and then got convinced to play and then wasn't being utilized, that's a that's a tough look. So I'll soften my stance a little bit. You know, I'm gonna go watch it now. I'll watch it after the after this interview is actually or after our you know podcast is done here. But that's uh, that's interesting. That mm-hmm. that's really interesting. And then I also thought it was really interesting that all these people went on this offensive towards him, being like, you know, why are you saying all this shit? Like like you just said, like you transferred, get on with it, blah blah blah. Yeah, blah, move blah. on. Yeah, but then. All of those same people were the same people with the same criticisms that he's making towards the Oregon offense that everybody else made on Twitter all year. And it's like, <laughs> wait, he's agreeing with everything you said about Anthony Brown. <laughs> and now you're mad about him saying it, even though you said the same shit. It's a great point. It's a really, really good point. And if he's if he's seen the writing on the wall with Ty Thompson, then you know now he's got to be my guy because I'm a Ty Thompson guy. So I mean, he doesn't he doesn't say it per se, but doesn't come outright like that. But he it's, it's insinuated. It. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he never also comes out and says like Anthony Brown is a bad quarterback, but he definitely says it with his eyes. <laughs> All right, um, moving Interesting. on. Interesting. Okay. Well, thank you for educating me. This is again why we're good podcast partners. Uh, Kayvon Thibodeau takes home a big time honor. Oh, quack. Let's hear about it. He became the fourth ever University of Oregon unanimous, unanimous All-American. Unanimous. I dig it. So I know Verone McKinley was on that team also, but he wasn't unanimous. He wasn't unanimous. He was a consensus All-American. Oh, okay. But good for VMC. I mean, did not even get uh, all Pac-12 you know, or like, I think there was somebody out there that he didn't even. Yeah. So that that's great for both those guys. KT's special. He's a, he's a special kid. He's a transcendent kid. I hope that he's somebody that's going to continue to interact with the university. And I think he will, you know, I think he's, he's somebody that will come back and, and kind of, you know, uh, give his flowers, I guess, to the university for better or for worse. I think it's going to be interesting because the Detroit lions are probably going to have the number one pick. Oof. Don't say that. He, um, they are. I mean, it's, so it looks like he's going to go play with your, with Panay who Panay's playing great. Yeah. Yeah. That's, Fucking, that's just not what I want, though. <laughs> Anywho, um, can you name the other three players who are the unanimous All-Americans? Oh. They've all been fairly recent. Marcus Mariota. Yep. DeForest Buckner. Nope. Wow, really? Um, One player you just mentioned plays for the Lions. Oh, Panay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the other one owns a few Killer Burger restaurants. Oh, Michael James. Yeah. Yeah. Who's openly petitioning to come back and be the, the RB coach? I'm all for yeah, it. Yeah. Or like just, uh, just bring him in. Advisor or whatever. Let him yeah, do whatever he wants. Let him bring him into the, the university, please. I <laughs> completely agree. Um, next up, Oregon baseball announces schedule for upcoming season. I saw that. This is, I mean, I'm excited to watch some Oregon baseball. I got our guy Carson Leiden going to be out there. I don't know if he, how involved he's going to be this year, or if he's going to be uh, one of their main pitchers, but excited to see that. Uh, excited to see some baseball. Um, in other baseball news, I don't know if you saw this, but the Eugene Emeralds made their first steps into a fairgrounds um, baseball park. I, I've, I've heard some rumors about that because yes. parking at my job has become a. Uh, 
a concern if this becomes a, a real thing. Absolutely. But business for your business would yeah. be amazing also. And I'd be, but, I'd be happy as a downtown property owner to see something like that get built right across the street. Yeah. Uh, we were kind of talking about like potential parking passes, because if we have to park like several blocks away, we could potentially be late to work because of <laughs> dude, I got you. I got you in that situation. I think I got you. Um, but yeah, I think I'm excited to watch some Oregon baseball this year, but I don't know how in depth we needed to go on the actual schedule. So not to quack. Sweet. And last up on the docket here is a sad one for me. Defensive tackle. Jason Jones has entered the transfer portal. We knew, I mean, quack, we knew some, we knew, we, we talked about it earlier. We we're going to have some people leave. We're going to have some people stay. Um, I saw, was it DJ James also mm -hmm. into the transfer portal? Um, you know, all the best wish them, wish them all the best in their next adventure. They're making the choice that they think is best for them. So who am I to say anything different? And, uh, once a duck, always a duck. Yeah, I think that I wouldn't be surprised to see DJ James end up in Miami, considering Cristobal already went to bat for him pretty hard going yeah. into this season. <laughs> homie decided Put his to get out there a on little bit of trouble. For sure. Um, the Jason Jones one, I was a little bit surprised by. He's a kid from Alabama, so uh, he was one time an Alabama commit. So I thought maybe having a defensive-minded SEC coach come in would be a positive for him. And he was a player that, I had highlighted in our season preview of somebody that I was my, my next up to watch. So uh, wherever he goes, he's going to be awesome though. That is a freak athlete in a very large body. I think the only recruiting flip that I've seen that I think is really going to hurt us was the Kelvin Banks kid. That was a, that was a big one for him to flip Jaleel back. Florence, but Jaleel, well, he hasn't, nothing's been for sure yet. He's still tweeting about the ducks and still tweeting about how it's his dream school and stuff like that. But Kelvin's already signed with Texas. Mm -hmm. Texas so was a surprise though. They've gotten a couple. They got another kid from Michigan, I think flipped to go to them. And so, yeah, they were the big winners. I think of today of the, the early signing period. So with their, uh, I'm not drunk. It was just pills head coach. <laughs> anyway i think that's the perfect time to wrap things up here on the 99th installment of the flock pod so as always take care of your chicken take care of your mentals we appreciate you we love you we out peace i gave my love a chicken that had no bones i give Sorry.
You've been so good to me. You know you make me wanna lift my head up and throw my hands back and come on now, come on now, a little bit softer 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 now, a little bit louder now. Shout! 